Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another first run bald movie prestige edition. Today, tonight, tonight, we're talking about Ridley Scott's new film, Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix as old Bones Apart himself. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa Kirby as his Emperor Josephine. Um, boy, this film was getting a lot of mixed early reviews, and I had a good time with it. But I also have a very I, I'm also primed to have a good time with this film. And even then, I have questions and concerns. Jim, what did you make of this uh, little slice of Napoleon's life? Curious to know what you mean when you say you're primed to like it uh i so my experience with this was i was watching a movie and about an hour into it i thought do i actually care about any of this and unfortunately the answer was no and the movie didn't really give me a reason to care um the movie to me felt like it didn't have a very strong sense of the story that it was trying to tell it was more just, it, it felt almost like a historical documentary. And I don't know, I'm not speaking to the accuracy of anything here. What I'm saying is the vibe of it felt more like we're just following this man through his life. There's no great ups and downs because Napoleon just won until he lost. Um, there's no like big character arc. There's no there's nothing to grab onto there that compels me as a viewer outside of any interest I might have in Napoleon, which honestly is zero. So I found myself going, why am I watching this movie about halfway in? Or why was this movie made? I guess is the bigger question. Yeah. I mean, it seems like one, the central, ah, boy, it's like, this is like two movies in one. This is like a erotic historical period piece. About erotic. Yeah, you know, it's it's a three out of five of a spice scale. Um, yeah. a, an erotic historical period piece about Napoleon being just completely besought with his Emperor Josephine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they could have there there would have been kind of like a fun, trashy, um, bittersweet, tragic kind of thing you could do with just the politics of the day and her, you know, like gassing him up with this. Uh, kind of mommy dommy thing she's got going on and just when he gets low she keeps gassing him up and that's kind of like uh and then when he has to ultimately spurn her for and i don't want to get in spoilers don't i get into any spoilers about <laughs> the real life story year old of, um, but i feel like there's there's something he could have done there or maybe just focus on the battles go more gladiator with her kind of being in the background uh, but it felt it felt like that the war stuff was pulling the movie in a direction that the Josephine Napoleon stuff didn't want to go to. Mm-hmm. And what I meant by being primed to like this is um, long term bald move fans will all know that one of my actually my all time favorite book series is the Patrick O'Brien, Aubrey Matron, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, you know, 20 book sailing series. And mm-hmm. the backdrop of 90 percent of those novels was the Napoleonic War. 
and it's like carved out like i the, the series very rarely has anything to do with what happens on shore which is what napoleon you know he told th- throughout the whole movie there's this great scene where he's like uh you know you're not so great just because you have boats and that was kind of the thing mm-hmm. like napoleon could kind of play you know really cut capers in on continental europe but never could overcome British supremacy of the seas. So I like this time period. And what was interesting to me um, is this felt a, a like, like I hear a lot of people talk about this in terms of like David Lynch's Dune. You know, it's like hmm. maybe if you are intimately familiar with the story, you could follow it better. But otherwise, it just seems like it's kind of like going to random periods in this person's life and just kind of poking in and poking out. And and I felt like that, like, yeah, I, I watched Ridley Scott adapt uh, maybe three book series on Napoleon that I'm not mm. familiar with enough to understand. Because because like you, it's like I, I kept on like there's certain parts like I think I see where it's going, but then it kind of because the movie. OK, gosh, there's so much stuff to say. Maybe we should save this for the spoiler section because, um, you know, I, if the historicity of this film is so bad and i understand that's that's like most historians are saying this is kind of like a work of historical fiction i don't understand uh-huh. why you would put obvious flaws in your film by tethering it so close to the historical timeline just gotcha. like yeah like napoleon's a great leader you can have some exciting battle scenes and he's also this kind of like got this weird psychosexual hold with this other woman and you can just 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 do whatever you don't feel like you have to go through all the milestones of kind of napoleon's career but um, the, the trouble is, I didn't feel like any of these were milestones in Napoleon's career. I mean, maybe in his career, but not his personal growth. Maybe because there is no personal growth ever from this character. And it's hard to tell because the performance from Joaquin Phoenix is maybe stoic to a fault. I in the in that side of it. Right. When it comes to Josephine, there's a lot of emotion there and he does a great job with that. But. I can never tell why we're seeing this battle. Why do I need to see this battle? Yeah, well, because I, I, to me, I got from the battle stuff is this movie kind of wrestled between the genius of Napoleon and the opportunism of Napoleon. Like, was Napoleon hmm. really a genius or did he just f- literally pick his battles well? Sure, sure. Um, and, and a little bit of both, a little bit of luck. Um, but like, because I, I thought that was a fascinating thing. They play again. I don't want to get into too many spoilers because I keep I keep forgetting it. Like, yeah, this is you know probably a lot not a, a lot of people know a lot about Napoleon, and I don't think you'll know a lot about Napoleon for sure after you walk out of this movie. I, if mm-hmm. you're super fascinated, I don't know, find a couple good books and 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 see what the academic consensus is on Napoleon. But I will say this: the movie is super beautiful sure. and it does some extremely interesting things. There's like some Ozymandias stuff that they did where I thought the movie started really come like, like coming into focus and like coming into like what I thought was trying to say about this man and what he was, what was motivating him. And, and it never quite got there. And I kept, I kept wondering when I was waiting for us to start this podcast is I feel like this movie is going to go one of two ways in 20 years. It'll be seen as like this kind of like auteur classic in the way of uh, what's that Barry uh, Lyndon yeah Barry Lyndon I fucking hate that film but like Cooper Files <laughs> that is like oh my god that's the oh if it the, it, the, the comedy it of it all and, the, and oh my mm-hmm. god right the lighting and and I see all that sure 
But like, I feel like this film might have that energy because there is something compelling about the Josephine Napoleon stuff. And I think it's yeah. the chemistry between Joaquin Phoenix and Kirby. Like that's all the scenes in the trailer are so good. Like when she spreads her legs and says, you know, if you look upon this thing, you'll want it for the rest of your life or whatever. And um, I, I thought some of the things where it's like, you know, this emperor of France is great man, just kind of like chasing his wife's skirt around the mansions and stuff around the servants. I thought some of that stuff was kind of in, and I can mm-hmm. see like maybe, but there again, it's like for the type of audience that would really like eat that stuff up f- 20 minutes of seeing horses tortured in war on a frozen lake is going to like kind of like turn that like the people that would like identify with the romance and eroticism, I feel like are going to be turned off by the, like the blood and guts and gore. But I don't know, maybe yeah, not. Maybe that shit mixes. Maybe that shit mixes super well. Um, but yeah, that war imagery, like, I feel like every year or two I come across like the worst way to die on a battlefield, <laughs> and I feel like I I got a couple new ones, or at least one uh, new one in this film. Just updated your spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The 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 ways I don't want to die in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a couple of like just really gorgeously composed scenes and the way they continually mix like the blue and the white and the red of the French flag into the uh, especially the battle imagery. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, I thought was really cool. I thought the frozen uh, the the battle that you see in the preview where they mm. shoot the water with the cannons uh, mm. that mm. was very well done from a cinematic standpoint. Yeah, I think probably the, the most the costuming, impressive thing. The costuming, the setting. There's mm-hmm. a couple scenes where they literally restage like a, a beautiful oil painting. Like I've seen that coronation scene, you know, like that's hanging in the Louvre, right? And you see that. And they show the guy drawing up yeah. the sketch for the painting as yeah. It's like a it. it's like an enlightenment age uh fourth wall break, you know. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> um and I there there's and and it's just that's so funny cuz like the whole scene I'm like god damn the lighting in this scene is so like pre-Raphaelite and then sure enough there's the guy sitting on his side painting a damn thing and it looks exactly like that. I'm like oh god yes of course. That's I mean the maybe scene. that's what Ridley Scott's trying to do with this movie is essentially just paint a portrait of this man, not not try to like embellish too much or hook readers in. Just show us him as he is. I I don't know, or because yeah. I'm not familiar with like you know the opinion generally on Napoleon right now and whether this is sort of a game changing take on Napoleon or if this is just pretty standard. Uh, but it it feels like it's kind of that it's not it's not pushing us in a direction too much i didn't think the the there are some things at the end that happen that i think the movie definitely has an opinion on the man um but it's not a very extreme one mm-hmm. it's certainly one that i can i can understand this is definitely no Gladiator. I, I watched Gladiator and I'm immediately sucked in by the story and the characters. This does not do that for me. This leaves me very cold. Uh, mostly because I don't want to watch 19th century succession. And that's kind of what this feels like, is watching a bad person do... Watching a, a tyrant do tyrannical things and I don't... I don't want to do... I don't want to participate in that. And the movie yeah. you know, is that in the large portions. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I it goes to where I just I, I wish I guess I wish I knew more about the historicity of it because like I feel like on films where I would rather my historical fic dramas cleave either very close to history or just like not at all. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like I, I admire like the film Amadeus, which is telling the story about, you know, um or no, it's uh yeah, it's Amadeus. The Spielberg it, one. No, no, no. The one that's about um, the composer Wolfgang. Oh, I'm thinking Amistad. Jesus. Uh, Mozart. Yeah. It's it's uh-huh. Mozart versus and his, um, you know, his his uh, his rivalry with Scolari, right? Yeah. Except for none of that is true. Like they they were contemporary, sure, but they didn't really have a rivalry. They certainly didn't have this like feverish bedside, almost confessional, compositional kind of thing. But God damn, I love that movie. It, but it's just using like these characters and kind of themes in the backdrop to, to, to tell some other fantastic story about the human condition. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Ridley Scott is in that uncanny valley where like everything looks just so in terms of the look and the feel and the 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 periodness of it and the battles but he's also kind of painting outside the line with like the historicity of it and it's in this no man's land of like I can't turn my brain off um and I can't like but the story's not good enough to enjoy on its own you yeah. know I'm with you or it's it it's not that it's not good like it's it's an interesting thing but it yeah it didn't I don't I mean, know. And the boy's not a really a relatable it. guy. And yeah, he's not. He, no, he's protagonist, but it's like the whole time he's doing things. I'm like, it's like rooting for George Washington to be king of America, right? Like, God damn, he just fought. <laughs> he's fought this brutal war for freedom and independence, and you're just gonna cash it in for another goddamn king? Like, what? Right? What the and hell, now France? he's and he's trying to turn that hard fought victory to his own personal ambition, and it's like, huh. Ugh, uh, we're, this is all just we're, uh, we're arguably we're arguably talking about this movie too much. I think I, I think okay. we, we, we should be doing some of this in the, in the spoiler section. Uh, I mean, I, I if you, you if yeah, you're either going to see a Ridley Scott film or not. You know, I think this is how, how do you how does it compare to like the last duel? Because I like the last duel. I thought I liked it, was, it more than this. Yeah, that like kind of Rashomon um, story device and, you know, like what's the actual truth and piecing together these people's identities and stuff. I, but but that, I, again, I, I felt like I really knew what I was trying to do. And this, it, I don't know if there's any more message than Ridley Scott got a hold of some of Napoleon's letters to Josephine and mm-hmm. like, ho, ho, hubba, hubba. But I also want to tell those Ridley Scott style battles, too. So we'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back with more Bald Move. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some trailers. I don't think we've talked about any of these things on air. I think we did some trailer reviewing earlier this month and saw a lot of these. Uh, first up was Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. I have not really seen any of the modern Planet of the Apes since Marky Mark. 
uh, and I hear consistently they're real good. So this might be the imp- the the impetus I need to watch all of the Caesar kind of you know mocap apes to get because I don't know I've, right. I've heard they're consistently pretty good. I saw the first one for sure, and I enjoyed that one. I saw I think it was the third one. It, it's maybe they all have him, but the one with Gary Oldman in it. Um, and I remember thinking that was just some kind of a ridiculous action movie, but I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've seen that. There's nothing wrong with ridiculous action movie, number one, but for uh, sure. I don't know. Apes together strong. Yeah. Uh, Iron Claw. This is a new wrestling film, Jim. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to get my seat in the seat, but I'm, I'm actually, I bet it will. I was shocked when you told me your opinion on that because I know you and I both quite enjoy the wrestler. Yeah. And now I don't, the, the thing about the wrestler is it had the Darren Aronofsky. Uh-huh. Pull, and I had heard and, that it was amazing. I didn't watch it when it first came out, but everybody was saying the wrestler is amazing. The wrestler is amazing. And one day on a lark, I just kind of sat down and watched it. And yes. The wrestler is amazing. I thought so too. This, I, I mean, I, it's directed by Sean Durkin, who hasn't done a lot of stuff, although he did do something in 2020 called The Nest. It stars Jude Law and Carrie Coon. It's kind of like... Uh, oh, wow. I haven't seen that. Like an emotional thriller. I, I haven't seen either, but I kind of desperately want to now. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the big draw of this, because I don't know Sean Durkin from, you know, Adam, but it's got Zac Efron, who looks like he has Mickey Rourke, his body and face. Yeah. What... Like it's is, a shame. Is, he has is such this a good makeup face or too. is this HGH? Has he like done this? Per- has he permanently Legofied his head? He might have. He might have. I because he's big now, and I remember Zac Efron when he was like the pretty boy. Yeah, comedy high school guy. musical. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he he's real big now, so he might have done some permanent changes. Like I said, he's Mickey worked himself, and uh-huh. it's so funny he's doing this. But also Jeremy Allen White. Hello. Yes. He's been getting uh, swole, like if you watch him over on the, the bear. bear. Yeah. Yeah. Lily James. Love Lily James. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested, but I, I'm with you. I could I could see this being kind of shitty. Uh, the subject huh. matter just seems ridiculous. I read a little bit on Wikipedia. It's like this third generation wrestling family that uh, during like uh, their grandfather came up with this iron claw and he just was like he was a german i guess and he had like a german accent and he changed his name to like von richter or what and then they just played a nazi heel world war ii area nazi <laughs> oh, wrestling God. heel uh-huh. and like four generations later this this family's still wrestling uh but it's like is that a story i give two shits about i don't know it could be heartwarming. The There's good. some family stuff in there, right? There's like, oh, oh I want to just be uh, with Jeremy my brothers, Allen right? White is not involved in heartwarming family. <laughs> that, that, no, no. Steroid Adler, addled wrestlers, I don't think is going to be heartwarming. I, hmm. Nothing about the family dynamics in this trailer hmm. seemed heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. The trailer doesn't give much hope, but who knows? Uh, drive away dolls though. Yeah. This is an Ethan Cohen solo project directing solo. He co-wrote this with his wife, Trisha cook, who's been a long term time editor on the Cohen brothers films stars, Margaret Qualley, who we've liked since the leftovers. It's got Pedro Pascal doing something in this film. Mm-hmm. It's got Matt Damon doing something in this film. This yeah. 
looks kind of like a lesbian Thelma and Louise. Uh-huh. Kind of. With the like a screwball, like, oh, you took the wrong car at a rental and now drug dealers are after you because you got... I mean, it's 50. so Coen's, right? Like, yeah. Uh, th- this yes. could easily have just been made by Joel and Ethan and like you would never tell it apart from Fargo or their other stuff. So I'm excited Appet- for that. Real excited. I was going to say appetite for first round movie status, like uh, uh, unless there's serious depending competition. On, yeah, depending on like when it hits, big, big appetite. Um, This got a lot of mentions on my social media feed a week or two ago, and I didn't know what to do with it. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> Do people think that the Ghostbusters franchise is a quality franchise? Like, the original is all right. I'm consistently somewhat disappointed when I rewatch it to be like, it's not that funny. <laughs> oh, um, boy. You're upsetting a lot and of then people. The re- and then the remake with all the, the ladies I thought was, again, okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this has had a good... Like, it doesn't have its Empire fucking strikes back. Let, it doesn't have a new hope. Like, Ghostbusters original is not a new hope. It had an awesome theme song. Bill Murray. Yep, Bill Murray. But it also has Dan Aykroyd, and, so you gotta and, take it. And and pretty groundbreaking much. special effects. According to yeah, it's 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 that's all right. It's an all right eighties comedy. Here's the thing, but I like, don't have love for Ghostbusters because I was not allowed to watch Ghostbusters as a kid. Yeah, maybe so that's I it. got out of my young, impressionable, excitable phase before I saw Ghostbusters and I was also like, all right, I kind of see what people like in this, but it, it didn't hit me the same. I mean, the proton packs are cool. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Stay Puff Marshmallow uh, Man, that's cool. I just felt like they never had a good, like a plot, like a sturdy plot that, you know, like, I don't know. It's a comedy. What, what, what do you want? It, but I, this movie seems just aggressively stupid. How did, how did people react to the last one? The one with the kids. They pissed blood and threw up a, just a, 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 so much ectoplasm. Yeah. Big old Slimer. Uh, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. I don't know. Honestly, I don't. This, that can't, like, there, I, I have no memory of a reaction to that film. I remember everybody flipping their minds about uh, the Kate McKinnon one, but. Yeah, I just like yeah, like the I until the fucking Ghostbusters logo showed up, I thought like, what is this? Like the day after the day after tomorrow, I don't understand what's happening. Uh, and apparently, the ghosts have a deathly chill. I I just I would have to hear this is the comedy of the decade for me <laughs> to be interested in this. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, boy, we're on a we're on a real low bottom of the barrel trailer scraping thing, Madam Web. Um, it's just not for me. This is the when I tell you, Jim, this is the most minor of Spider-Man characters. And I've never I've, she's always been portrayed as this old lady that's like webbed up to a wall with a bunch of uh, futuristic life support system. And she's like supposed to her whole deal is like she's super frail, but she's clairvoyant and she can see the future. And sometimes most of the time she helps Spider-Man. Sometimes she kind of is like a soft antagonist. But she's always like old, like Aunt May old, and now she's like young and hot, and in Dakota Fanning oh, and well, walking around. She's supposed movie, to be blind. Right? She's always been blind. Really? I don't think that character yeah. was blind in the trailer. And and there's an evil Spider-Man. This this I okay. Do you remember back before superhero films got budgeted, like the Italian Spider-Man film, sure. where it's like 
it was a two-hour film that featured Spider-Man for like five minutes as like, hey, kids, it's Spider-Man, but it's mostly Peter Parker doing street-level shit, investigating mm-hmm. crimes and busting real estate operations. And every once in a while, he put on the costume to like climb to the top of a skyscraper to confront the sea and have a fist fight with a dude in a suit. But like, mm-hmm. that's what this felt like. Like, it's a Spider-Man film, but it's going to be shot just on the streets of New York and people in contemporary clothes and it's going to have Dakota Johnson grabbing her temples every once in a while. In front. But it's going to have just yeah. a, just like LaCroix amounts of Spider-Man. Just just a just a taste. <laughs> I'm assuming they're only showing you. They're, they're being very judicious in what they show in this trailer. I, I will say the the vibe of this is very different from a lot of the Marvel movies. And that might actually make me appreciate it more. This this feels like know. darker, more serious. Um and, and yeah, there was something like half refreshing about not seeing a bunch of people in you know leather, spandex, whatever, digital suits. But then uh, you're just watching suits. some some show about some. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> That's the thing. Say, like I thought it looked like... different enough to distinct distinguish it from other superhero stuff, but not not interesting to me still. Yeah, it's almost like it's like a Spider-Man for YA urban uh, urban fantasy crowd. You know, I suppose, like yeah. Your normal average ass girl with her, her average ass college friends living a just a perfectly fine life, and then she's cursed with a, 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 a she's burdened with a power, and all these yeah. dudes are standing in her way of whatever. I, I yeah, I oh man, Marvel. Yeah. The the only things I'm really interested in coming out of them in the future is like Deadpool and Spider Man. Yeah, I'm definitely inspired. And if they ever get off their ass and do X-Men, I am oh. there for that. I am gagging for them to do the X-Men, please, before we all get <laughs> just burnt out of uh, comic book movies. But right. I think that day is rapidly approaching. They need to shelve some of these properties for a good decade. Yeah. Or really change up what they're doing. Stop doing so much serialized stuff and do some like one-off Logans, kind of like you know deconstructions, genre benders, something. Because holy, holy cow! Um, that's it for the trailer talk. This is where we're going to talk some more about Napoleon, um, aka Ridley Scott filming live-action Stratego for half the film. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the next movie we got coming up is Silent Night. That's Joel Kinnaman uh, killing people in the name of Santa Claus. Uh, so, did you know that the deal with this is this movie has no dialogue? None. Yeah, it's this Silent a... Night. Get it? Oh, get it? I get it. So that the, they're coming to kill you, Margaret. What's the name of that uh, Caitlin Deaver movie we just watched? Yeah, they're coming to kill you, Caitlin. That's uh-huh. uh, no one will save you. No one will save no you. No one will save you like that, huh? Yeah, just like that. So so hot right now. I do feel like the I, I'm I'm kind of worried this movie's bo- going to bomb. There's not a lot of there's not a I, robust John amount Woo, of Woo man. I, it's old John Woo. Are they cashing in? Is this like a is this John Woo directing this like Bruce Willis starred in the last ten of his films? Because sure, it could be a bad I'm not, movie. I'm but not I think even it's going to make money. I'm not even saying that like a shitty way. I'm saying Hollywood's not above trading on someone's name when they're in decline to make a quick buck. You know? Yeah. Um. But I'm just like, man, when we went to we we went to look at the showtimes, it's like. It feels like it's being released as a 
direct a video type of thing, you know? Yeah, they haven't announced like show times for our local theater yet, which is and, and the strange. other Megaplex, there's like only two showings a day. And yeah, I don't know. But we're going to watch it because it's Santa Claus violence. And it's going to be kind of like the soft kickoff to our Christmas celebrations. Man, I cannot believe we went from zero to Christmas, Jim. I know. Uh, it feels like it's... I know it's because Thanksgiving's early this year. But holy moly, the the, the Santa's on her ass. Um, mm-hmm. That's the last movie I know we're coming back for for a first run. I know things look a little slim pickings in the first of uh, first quarter of next year, but I'm sure we'll come up with something. Uh, so stay tuned to the Silent Night to, uh, showing to find out what we're going to be doing next. Uh, this is the point where I say, hey, you should join the club if you want to hear the rest of our discussion on Napoleon. Uh, it's easy to do. Support.baldmove.com is how you do it. Uh, we are going to see the club members in the spoiler section. Everybody else will see you for Silent Night.